Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before I begin, I'd like to preface my words with a disclaimer. I'm not a professional. I do not have the eloquence of Ben or Will. But I am trying here, so bear with me as I reminisce about the past and pray for the future. I just finished public high school, a place that the movies depict as being the best years of a person's life, but I couldn't wait to get out. I could not wait to get out simply because I was sick of seeing the same people every single day I could not wait to get out simply because I could not wait to leave Madison. As all my teachers like to put it, Madison is a bubble. Every state has a Madison where there are only two things to do, go eat somewhere or go see a movie. I was sick of the Madison bubble. I wanted to leave, and as I thought of of leaving, I thought about leaving the Chapel of the Cross. The chapel has always been a bubble within the bubble. However, the chapel bubble is a good bubble. A lot of you know me because I've been coming to the chapel for my entire life. For those of you that do not know me, you could probably ask just about anyone here, and they would each have a different story to tell about me, each one more interesting than the one before. Many of my favorite memories were made either at the chapel or at chapel events. Some of these movie memories include Parish Weekends in which bad and good things happened, such as the one where I started choking on a barbecue chip while playing cards with my sisters, my sister and her friends. And they went screaming to the parents that were sitting just 100 feet away from the cabin. Um, years before, I slipped off the dock and fell into the lake while trying to fish. While these memories seemed like the worst times of my life at the time, I laugh at them now because the other memories I have made have been so much better, such as completing the ropes course with fellow parishioners or getting help from the adults on my history or English homework. Running rampant a day in the country while jumping from friend to friend because I could not stand still happened quite frequently in my younger days. The beautiful bonfire post-day in the country in which we would all just forget about the worries and stress of the day that had just transpired. I remember moving from atrium to atrium until I finally landed upstairs where Martha and Davis Fry have dealt with me and taught me so much these past six years. I remember the various rectors we have had at the chapel, and while I may not remember all of their names, I will never forget their friendly faces. I always enjoyed and still do enjoy listening to their fun anecdotes that always somehow relate back to the chapel or to the word. I remember being one of those kids that always ran to the playground after church without a care in the world. It's nice to know that someone is always looking after you or helping you at the chapel. The chapel is also 
is its own community that allows people to feel safe in a world that is getting increasingly dangerous. I am a chapel and Madison-born child going into this very dangerous world. So a person can understand a little trepidation in moving four to five hours away to a place where I have not met a single person either already there or arriving in the fall. In case you did not know, I will start attending Auburn University in the fall and intend to spend the duration of my college years as a student there. Auburn gave me my very own Auburn email when I enrolled this past fall. Having this email allows me to get reminders about housing and orientation, it gives me weekly updates, and it also gives me warnings. Since I've gotten there, this email, there have been multiple thefts, aggravated assaults, sexual assaults, and shootings. And I'm scared to go to college. I'm scared because I grew up in these bubbles where I've been safe and secure from blatant displays of hatred and force. However, I'm not going to let my fear stop me because I have been waiting to leave for so long. And because I know that these bubbles that I have grown up in have taught me to love all those around me and to not be afraid because everything has a role in the grand scheme of life. Also, each week, I could come back to the chapel and forget about the hatred and disgust traveling through the minds and hearts of people around the world and just sit and contribute and listen to the various lessons and opinions of other people. The chapel has been a place where I can be safe in how I feel and think. Now before I finish, I want to let you all know that I'm not saying goodbye. Every year it seems like these sermons are saying goodbye and while writing my own, I wanted to be sure that saying goodbye could not be interpreted from my words. I fully intend to come back to the chapel and I intend to come back as close to who I am right now as possible. Right now I'm just saying to see you later, but in no way am I saying goodbye. Now to finish this off, I want to say a prayer that was written by Damie Day and Ruth Day Lewis, two very prominent women in the history of one of my favorite places, Cam Marywood. And while the prayer consists of singular pronouns, I want everyone to know that I wish to speak this prayer for all of us who are moving forward in the world, no matter where we are right now. God of the hills, grant me thy strength to go back into the cities without faltering. Strength to help my neighbor who has no hills to remember. God of the lake, grant me thy peace and thy restfulness. Restfulness to carry the tired one whom I shall meet every day, content to do small things with a freedom of littleness. Self-control for the unexpected emergency and patience for the wearisome task. With the depth, with the deep depths within my soul to bear me through the crowded places and the laughter of the sunny waves to brighten the cheerless spots in, the long, in a long winter. God of the stars, may I take back the gift of friendship and love for all. Fill me with a great tenderness for the needy person at every turning. Grant that in all my perplexities and everyday decisions, I may keep an open mind. God of the wilderness, with thy pure winds, blow away my pettiness. With the harsher winds of winter, drive away my selfishness and hypocrisy. Fill me with the breaths and depths and the height of thy wilderness. May I live out the truth which thou hast taught me in every thought, word, and deed. Amen. Okay. I hate that I have to follow that. But, <laughs> um, as a young child sitting in these pews, I long for the plain and simple answers to the questions of my life. Like the Jews in today's gospel who gathered around Jesus saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I felt that I did not truly understand God 
because I had never experienced him in any real way, and this began to bother me a lot. I heard a lot of hoopla about God revealing himself to men, however, I couldn't quite understand what that meant. I kept wondering when this big reveal would happen for me. I wanted God to have some big moment where he made himself present in my life clearly so that I could know once and for all, this is what God is. Because I never got this big huzzah, here is God moment, I began to doubt. However, one thing that kept me coming back to church was the community that I have found here at the Chapel of the Cross. If my Sunday school teachers and priests and the kind people that surround me here in this place believed in God, I figured there must be something I was missing. So I kept coming back. I came to EYC where in eighth grade, Fielding Ables, the youth director at the time, made us all read the book of Ruth, which we then discussed in detail. I remember this experience vividly because I loved it. I felt a deep connection to the words of the Bible for the first time and to the loyalty that Ruth showed to her people. But more importantly, I felt a connection to the people I discussed it with. I enjoyed hearing different opinions and deepening my understanding of the text through conversation with others. Since then, being a member of this church has enriched my life in so many other ways. It has given me the opportunity to serve It has pushed me out of my comfort zone, and it has given me a community of love to fall back on when I needed it. High school, in high school and middle school, a lot of things change. And next year in college, I'll face even more of the changes and chances of this life. But one thing that will always remain is the love that the community here has brought me. It is through these experiences and this community of love that I finally have had, that I finally had my big aha moment. I have seen God. No, I wasn't there when Jesus left the tomb, but I have felt God working in my life and in this community, and it is because of that that I could proudly proclaim the word of God without doubt or fear in my heart. I have seen myself enriched by the Holy Spirit through the love of the people here and within the Episcopal Church, and because of that, I feel ready that I, I feel that I am ready to spread that love into the world. Stephen Hawking once said, as long as there's life, there is hope. When I was eight years old on March 21st, 2009, as most of you know, my father was hit by a drunk driver and sustained injuries that perpetually change his reality in life. My sermon today centers around a poem that I wrote when I was 13 in response to my dad's car accident and a battle with my inner demons. The poem encompasses my faith journey and my journey, my greater journey to self-realization. I learned so much, and this poem is a testament to some of these items that I learned. The poem is entitled, My Soul Sails Away. My soul sails away. My soul sails away into an abyss, a pit of fire and agony that will rip my very being apart. My soul sails away into the darkness of my gruesome mind. Everything is blank, and I cannot see anything for what seems to be an endless horizon full of darkness. When she told me what happened, my mind went black and my soul was torn into tiny pieces. All I could see were those pieces, reflected in a mirror, being scrutinized by my own self-pity. My soul sails away, waiting in a field where there's gnashing of teeth, death, and all my conceptual fears imagined. My soul sails away on a ship burning. My eyes look on and say, why did this happen to me? I'm in the jaws of death itself. My only remorse is feeling nothing. No crying, No laughter, no emotion, 
just blackness, for that's all I ever feel. Let me not fall into the true pit of goodness. Happiness and joy are a distant memory. My soul sails away. Why does it have to be ripped from my chest and thrown to the dogs? So tell me, why did I have to be stabbed in the back just to watch my soul burn in a valley of dry bones? My soul sails away. I have nothing left to protect my soul from being tortured. All I have is my eyes to watch my soul sail away. I want to say I've spent a long time dodging my pain from my dad's accident from, and from fighting my inner demons. But I remain hopeful no matter how good or bad a day is because that is what life is about. I have stared death in its eyes. I kept a crooked smile on my face for the last 10 years and spent every day putting on a facade that I've created for myself to hide my true emotions. But I have realized who I am. I'll keep running and crawling through life no matter what gets thrown my way because I hope for a new day as the sun rises and falls. You can never know your true self to the day you look in your soul and examine what your soul is trying to tell you. Today is the day I have completed a 10-year-long journey. My soul can smile. I may live my life in one big cliche, but those cliches drive me to choose life. We're but specks of dust on this earth, and we've become bright lights on whatever scale you want to be. Then we return to dust, for in life you will bloom like a flower and you will perish like a flower. But you will be resurrected like the rising sun and setting every day. My journey has not ended. It is just the beginning. Soar high and soar high like an eagle, for that is the end of this poem. My soul never truly sailed away and was always there. As cliched as that statement sounds, it is true. Having faith, joy, and hope can allow you to exceed the limits of what human beings are capable of doing. A new day brings you the uncanny ability to resurrect yourself from the lowest low to the highest high. More importantly, my journey taught me three vital lessons I'll remember for the rest of my life. The first is how to be a brother and a servant. Jesus once said, take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Being a servant means to let all your pre-misconceptions about people dissipate and serve someone because they are a human being. Father Kirk Lafon asked the question in his Monday Thursday sermon a few weeks ago, what is your bucket? Or more importantly, how will you wash someone's feet? For that is what it means to be a servant. The second lesson I learned is how to be a father. Why, what I mean by this is my dad was still my father, but in his condition, the roles were reversed. I realized that he is still my father, but in the status quo that I was presented with, I became a paternal figure to him. The third most important lesson that I learned was how to forgive, but how to also to forgive myself, which was the greatest challenge I have ever faced. In the movie The Shack, God said to Mackenzie, you must forgive somebody a thousand times before your anger will subside. I met the man that hit my dad, and I was nine years old. I forgave him in that room that day. The hardest part of the whole ordeal was reconciling with myself and God and forgiving myself because the anger and guilt that I felt. As the poem indicated, I asked many questions to God and myself. I had to forgive myself a thousand times before my anger ever subsided. From this release, I was able to begin the resurrection of my new self. I must say what a pleasure it has been to grow up in this community.
I cannot say thank you enough to everyone in this room for the role that you have played in my journey. Whether it be the warm embraces during the peace Will gives me almost every Sunday I'm here, or the simple but very meaningful greetings we exchange with each other every Sunday, or if we see each other in public, because those have true meaning to them. The Chapel of the Cross is a special place, and the words of a past member, if God exists, he is truly in this place. I'll leave you with these words. Always smile, always laugh, always cry, because that is how we realize that we are human beings, because hope is what drives us at our core. Amen.